Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Hi, this is Daniel Segura, host of the Mustachioed Podcastio. You like mustaches? You like movies? You like sexy chicanos? Well, the Podcastio is the place for you. We are talking legendary mustaches from Charles Bronson to the Great Bird Reynolds to the OG Ice-T. Find the Mustachioed Podcastio anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is M-O-U-S-T-A-S-H-I-O-D Podcastio. Hi, everybody. Thanks for stopping by and listening to us. And we're happy to share some cool stories with you today. Declan, what story are you going to be telling us? I'm going to be talking about the Jewish Chronic Disease Hospital. Oh, well, that sounds, that's a (laughs) mouthful. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably just going to call it JCDH for short, but uh, it's about this doctor who is running uh, illegal experiments on elderly patients. Illegal experiment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, what are you going to be telling us about today? Well, I'm going to be telling you about some also not so nice stuff. And that is the case is known as the Fitbit murder trial or the Fitbit case. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll get into why. Uh, The drink that I brought to this story is called the Pharmaceutical Stimulant Cocktail. It is made of two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of coffee liqueur, a quarter of an ounce of sugar cane syrup, and one and a half ounces of espresso coffee. Freshly made espresso is best, supposedly. The Yeah, I know. It's going to be your favorite. Uh, The steps include placing all contents in a shaker with ice, shake well, and strain into a glass. Not complicated. I picked this drink because of the name. The victim in this story was a pharmaceutical sales rep, so that's why I chose this drink. So neither one of us are huge coffee drinkers, so this could go off very poorly. Put mine Let's in that find out. <laughs> oh, that's fitting. No, that's gross. No, that's like gross. <laughs> that's pretty gross. I mean, I've never had like the coffee martinis that people talk about. I've never had one of those. An espresso martini. Those, that's kind of, I guess, what this <laughs> is. I don't know. I'm trying it again, but no, no, we're washing that down with water (laughs) because that was pretty gross. So, but good news is this case is also gross. So 
We'll just jump into it and I'll tell you all about how gross it is. Rick DeBate dropped off his kids at school and realized he'd left his laptop at home. He let his work know that he had to stop there before coming to work. He expected his stop to be a short one, but his morning plans changed quickly when he got home. By the end of the morning, Rick would be telling his story to the police because he had been attacked, stabbed, burned, and sadly, Rick's wife Connie was dead. This is the story of Rick and Connie debate. Yeah. The debates lived with their two young sons in a nice home in the town of Ellington, Connecticut. Two days before Christmas in 2015, Rick debate returned to his home in the middle of the morning to a scary event. He had just dropped off his two sons at school and realized he had left his laptop at home. On his way home to get the computer, he was alerted that the home alarm had been activated. They'd had false alarms before, so Rick figured it was nothing to worry about. And having a home alarm ourselves, yes, those alarms do go off sometimes when unintended. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> a few minutes after 9 a.m. while he was heading home, he emailed his work that he would be running home to get the computer and reset his alarm. Upon getting home, Rick heard a sound from upstairs, and he went to investigate. In the master bedroom that he shared with his wife, he found a tall, masked man wearing gloves and camouflage clothing. The man demanded Rick's wallet and PIN codes for his bank cards. Just then, Rick's wife Connie came home. It was a little after 9 a.m. Rick tried to alert Connie to the robbery that was in progress, and he told her to run. Rick heard Connie go to the basement. That's where he kept his guns. So he figured she was going to get a gun to help him or to defend herself, if nothing else. Rick struggled with the intruder briefly before the man ran off downstairs towards Connie. Rick followed but didn't get there fast enough, and the intruder shot Connie with a gun belonging to Rick. Fuck. Yeah. Rick struggled with the intruder again, but he was subdued and the man tied one arm and one leg to a chair using zip ties. He then proceeded to torture Rick by stabbing him and burning him using a torch that Rick owned. I didn't hear a description of the torch, so it could have been like one of those, you know, like, I don't know. Kitchen torch. Yeah, it could be a kitchen torch or it could be something a little bit bigger, like for... You know, we have we have a torch for pain and shit. Yeah, we have a torch for resin and things mm, like that. Yeah. When we when we pour resin, we use it. So okay. Rick was able to kick out at the intruder with his free leg, displacing the torch, which caused the man's mask to catch on fire. The man then fled the scene. It's a reasonable. Yeah. I mean, your mask catches on the fire. Face. <laughs> you don't stick around, right? No matter how quick you are at getting it off, I feel like that at least caused some pretty fucking bad damage to your face. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah, imagining yeah. like a plastic like Halloween mask or like maybe oh, a balaclava. I was thinking like, they're called. yeah, I was thinking more of a balaclava, but 
That'd probably be know. worse than a plastic face mask. That that yeah. might catch on fire instantly really if it's like cotton yeah. or something. Oof. Yeah. I didn't see any descriptions of what the mask was made of or anything. But the guy got away. But remember, Rick is still tied to a chair. He's got one arm and one leg tied to a chair. He somehow manages. Yes, and his wife is dead. He manages to get up the stairs because they were in the basement. He manages to get up the stairs tied to the chair. And at around 10.15, more than an hour after the incident began, Rick set off the panic alarm on the home security system. I might say that trying to go up the stairs while your legs are duct taped to a chair might be the most dangerous part of this story. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right. I mean, I fall down the stairs when a chair is not tied to me. I'm pretty sure I would fall down the stairs if I was tied to a chair. Yeah. Yeah. So the panic alarm alerted the police that assistance was needed. When first responders arrived at the scene, Rick told them that intruders were still in the house. They, you know, didn't know what to do, but they, law enforcement managed to get into the home and they found Rick still tied to the chair and they observed that he had injuries. He had stab wounds. He had burns from the torch on one arm and one leg. Rick told them that his wife, Connie, was downstairs in the basement. They went downstairs and found Connie dead from two gunshot wounds. The gun used to kill Connie was Rick's own gun and was found in the basement as well. Police also find Rick's wallet discarded in the front yard. All of the contents were inside, though. The police brought in a search dog to check the area surrounding the house in an attempt to find where the intruder went. The canine search was conducted two times. Each time, though, the dog returned to the house where Rick was. I had a feeling when (laughs) when you said in the very beginning, when you said she was killed with Rick's gun, I thought something seems a little off here. Well, (laughs) an intruder might not know to bring a gun. Anyway. Yeah, something seems a little fishy, though. So here's the... (laughs) Yes. Rick was treated for his wounds at home before being taken by ambulance to the hospital for further treatment. He was also interviewed by police for several hours that day. It was discovered that Rick had been having an affair and that his girlfriend was pregnant. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. It took several months for police to get the electronic data necessary to make criminal charges. About a year and a half after Connie's death in April 2017, Rick was charged with her murder. Several key pieces of evidence were discovered during the investigation. One item was the IP address used in the email that Rick made to work. Remember, he stopped on the side of the road. He said he placed that email from the side of the road while heading home to reset the alarm and get his laptop. However, the email showed it was sent from his home. So his IP address was his home address. Also, so if someone's going to break in and kill you, most of the time they do it like there's two people they do it the same way. 
like they're not gonna burn and stab you but just shoot your wife like that right that typically isn't what happens so yeah keep going right (laughs) they're gonna murder one person but they're just gonna torture another and fuck with another and they're gonna be like i i have a gun a gun is on the floor but i don't i dislike you so much i'm gonna stab you and burn you with a torch yeah i'm only gonna tie down one arm and one leg typically it'd be to the female for most of these shit bags but they just decided kill the female and torture the husband that usually that never happens (laughs) right right the main key piece of evidence was connie's fitbit tracker which is why this story or this case is termed the fitbit trial yes the fitbit murder Rick said Connie returned home from the gym just after 9 a.m. and that she was killed soon after she came home because he said she came home. He warned her. She ran downstairs. This all happened at around nine o'clock. The guy went after her and she got shot. Connie's Fitbit showed her moving through the house for over an hour after Rick claimed that Connie had been shot. Her last movements tracked by the Fitbit occurred just a few moments before Rick pushed the panic alarm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Additionally, police found notes on Connie's phone in which she commented that she was thinking about divorcing Rick and noting the lack of romance between the two of them. But there's no, like, proof that she talked to him about this. It could have just been, like, you know, her her own notes that she'd written on her phone. Due to some delays in the court system as a result of COVID, it took a few years to finally convict him. In May 2022, Rick was convicted. And then in August 2022, he was sentenced to 65 total years for murder and tampering with evidence. He maintains his innocence. He says it wasn't him, and he plans to pursue an appeal. Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah. There was something that I saw that he, um, that they found unidentified DNA on the gun, and that that is potentially something that he plans to use in his appeal, but... I don't know. So far, I didn't see anything about there being like a new court date or the appeal being successful or denied or anything. So it's possible it is still sitting out there or it hasn't been filed yet. But he has 65 years at this point to sit in jail and think about what a shitty story he made. (laughs) (laughs) I know. At least like. Uh, if you knew you sent it from work and they can track where you send it from, at least say you sent it from home or something. Right. Like who pulls over on the side of the road to send an email? An email. Especially, yeah. Usually no. if that situation happens, you you just like call someone or send a text and or you show up right. and say, sorry, this is what happened. Like, you know. Right. Send God, I'm on the email. 405. I got to pull over right now and send this email. Got to hop over two lanes of traffic and send this email. Right. Crazy. Anyway, so 
tell me about your story. Okay. The Jewish Chronic Disease Hospital, located in Brooklyn, New York, served as the backdrop for a study that would raise profound ethical questions. In 1963, between 7 and 22 elderly Jewish patients were unknowingly injected with live cancer cells as part of an experiment conducted by researchers from the hospital and Columbia University. What the fuck? Yep. Oh my god! unknowingly injected with cancer. And these are people that are elderly and already knocking on death's door. Like they're all, they're in a hospital for Christ's sakes. They're obviously have ailments. And he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to give these guys some cancer and see what happens. Oh my God. Yeah. Several doctors knew about this and told uh, Dr. Southam, who was the main doctor behind this, that they did not want their patients experimented on, but he used them anyways. Of course he did. The studies, did. the studies' purpose was to observe how the immune system of these patients would react to cancer cells. The patients were not informed of the nature of the experiment, nor were they provided with the opportunity to give informed consent. This lack of transparency, transparency and disregard for the patient uh, autonomy raised serious eth- eth- serious ethical concerns. For sure. Yeah. What makes this experiment even more disturbing in that, is that the patients involved were vulnerable elderly individuals who were already battling other chronic diseases. Their physical and emotional well-being should have been a top priority, yet they were subjected to this invasive and potentially harmful study without their knowledge. The, the experiment came to light in 1966 when one of the doctors involved, uh, Chester M. Southam, Southam, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, uh, presented his findings at a medical conference. The revelation that patients had been injected with live cancer cells without their consent shocked the medical community and public alike. Yeah. Three, three whistleblowers, Dr. Avir Kagan, sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, David Leicher and Perry Fursco uh, refused to participate in the experiment. They complained to the NYS Board of uh, Regents and to the hospital board members. William Heyman, who was a lawyer, uh, accused Dr. Southam and Mandel of acting like Nazi doctors and quoted as saying, I don't want Nazi practices of using human beings as experimental guinea pigs. The three whistleblowers resigned their position, resigned from their positions, and went public. Wow, good for them! The Jewish Chronic Disease Hospital study sparked widespread outrage and prompted investigations by various organizations, including the American Cancer Society and the New York State Department of Health. These investigations sought to uncover the extent of their ethical violations and the consequences for the patients involved. As all the details of the study emerged, public condemnation grew. The medical community voiced concerns about the lack of informed consent. The potential harm inflicted on the vulnerable patients and the breach of ethical standards that should, uh, that should guide medical research. One crucial piece of evidence that shed light on this study was a published article in the New York Times on December 22, 1966. 
The article revealed the specifics of the experiment and the subsequent investigations. It ignited public outrage and called for uh, greater accountability and ethical oversight in medical research. The Jewish Chronic Disease Hospital study prompted significant changes in the medical field's approach to research ethics. It highlighted the need for informed consent, the importance of safeguarding uh, patients' rights, and the imperative to prioritize the well-being of vulnerable populations. In response to the scandal, the American Cancer Society issued a statement in 1966 emphasizing the principles of informed consent and the necessity of ethical guidelines for human research. This event spurred the development of the Belmont Report in the 1970s, a pivotal document that established the foundation for ethical research guidelines in the United States. While the Jewish Chronic Disease Hospital study exposed a grave violation of medical ethics, it also served as a catalyst for change. The scandal led to increased awareness, scrutiny, and regulation of research practices, ensuring that future studies would be conducted with a greater emphasis on patient uh, autonomy and protection. Uh, Today's stringent ethical guidelines are in place to safeguard the rights and well-being of individuals uh, participating in medical research. These guidelines reflect the hard-learned lessons from the past and serve as a reminder of the ethical responsibility that researchers bear in their pursuit of knowledge and advancements in medicine. Dr. Chester M. Southam, uh, who was the main research doctor involved in the study, uh, he faced professional repercussions. He was subsequently censored by the American Cancer Society and temporarily suspended from the Memorial Sloan uh, Kettering Cancer Center, which he held a position. But a few, le- few years later, he was uh, elected as a president of the hospital. So, what? Yeah. Te- temporarily <laughs> suspended. And then. Bada boom, bada bing. Now he's the president. That <laughs> is bullshit. The fact That's that he didn't go insanity. to jail for that. that yeah. And I, Tried to find some more information on like what happened to the patients afterwards, but uh-huh. I couldn't find any information about that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That I I can't believe I'd never heard of that before either. Like that's Yeah, me neither. That's just as bad as like the Tuskegee experiments. Yeah. All of those medical experiments, it's fucked up, man. It's terrifying. I mean, I get the point I don't like that you doctors. need, yeah, right? I get that, you know, stuff needs to be studied. You need to learn how things happen and what the body's going to do and how the, what the responses are going to be. But that's why there's a thing called informed consent. And, and what do you even hope to find in the whole situation? Like, you're going to figure you out. No, the cancer is going to kill him. What the fuck? Like, you... cancer's not good for you. What? <laughs> it seems like no. there's enough evidence that if you have cancer, your likelihood of wow. dying goes up significantly. So, yeah. <laughs> depending on I the mean, kind of cancer, for sure. If you're going to do that, wow. like experiments like that, take all the fucking thousands of people currently sitting on death row for multiple years. Do that shit on them. Don't do it on yeah. elderly people. Patients at a Jewish hospital. That's wow. fucked up. 
these people are already dying from chronic diseases. The hospital is a chronic disease hospital. And God, just fucking makes me mad. Yeah, that's messed up. It's fucking gross misconduct right there. Yep. I think the most bizarre part of your story is the fact that that dude did not lose his license and that he was able to just keep working. No. What the hell? No. So I have to admit something Not to cool. the the listeners. Okay. I I had ha- Chat GPT help me write that script. So if there's any information wrong, blame it on the computers, the AI, not me. <laughs> blame it on AI. <laughs> nice. Because yeah. nice. I tried, I, th- I could only find a couple like small articles about it, not enough to make a script. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was it needed to be heard, so I had the computer yeah. write it. <laughs> Supplemented so, some information that missed out. I really want to do like a chat GPT episode where everything that we do, and maybe we'll do like more than one story, or we'll pick like a couple stories and then try and fill in the blanks, or we'll show how wrong wrong it is AI yeah, was on its little story. And yeah, I think we should do that. I think that would be fun. I agree. That sounds like a, sounds like a good episode. Yeah. Do you have a chaser for us? I do. Uh, it's there's a new movie that came out the other day. Um, I guess we're recording this in the future, so it'll be like a month ago, but. Uh, there's a new white men can't jump movie out now on Hulu. Oh, really? And yeah, it's got um a bunch of rappers in it. The it's I I don't know if it's as good as the the previous one cuz I haven't watched the full first white man can't jump, but Oh. This movie is really good. It's pretty funny and huh. I like the way it's shot, so. If you also like rap, there's a lot of uh famous rappers in that movie too more than i was expecting but it's definitely that's cool to watch nice. what's your chaser for us my chaser is also a watch recommendation and that is well it's a recommendation and it's also a fan girl excited squeal and that i just uh recently saw that justified is coming back which I knew that Justified was coming back, and I can't remember if I'd talked about it on previous episodes, but Justified is coming back, and the release date has been set for July 18th, and it's already on my calendar. We're going to watch it. We're doing a watch party with our friends, and I'm super excited, and if I hadn't talked about it before, Justified is an amazing show that went off the air like, I don't know, 10 years ago. I think it was 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And about a U.S. Marshal who doesn't really play by all the rules and his boss really hates him for it, but he does a great job at the stuff that he's supposed to do. And so they just kind of let shit slide. And the best part about the show is the writing because it is like no other interactions and dialogue between characters. It just makes me 
so excited that it's coming back and I hope it's just as good as the originals. So is July it going to be the original cast? Do you know? Well, the original main guy, uh, Raylan, is yes. It, Timothy, Timothy Oliphant is still Raylan Givens. I don't know anybody else if if there's any of the original characters other than him in it. Um, the I saw a preview for it, and it was the dumbest trailer that I'd ever seen, and it pissed me off the second that I saw it. It's literally him getting off of a bus. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Do you know if, Wal- like, if Walton Goggins not in it, then it's not worth watching. He made that show. Oh, <laughs> uh, he he was he was he was an amazing character. Guy. He was the two of them together, though. I mean, so I don't funny. know. It's it's not going to be set in Kentucky. It's set in Detroit, I believe, um, hmm. which is. Different than what I think originally when they said it was coming back. I think they said it was going to be in Miami or it was going to be in Florida. But it sounds to me like it's actually in Detroit. I don't know. I'm super excited. I can't wait for it to come out. And I'm very, very thrilled that there's an actual date now, July 18th. Yay. Nice. Yes. So check it out. I don't think I've finished the first Justified, so I need to finish that first. <sighs> you, you have to. It's so good. Run, don't walk to your TV and watch all of it. Mm -hmm. Every episode, multiple times. It's worth it. I said what I said. (laughs) Well, I think that brings us to the end of our short little episode here. Yes, it does. Well, I enjoyed hearing about that fucking dummy who committed a crime. Oh, my God. Well, we're just full of, this episode is full of dummies committing crimes. Your dummy just happened to not Have get a in trouble degree. for <laughs> yeah. Dick. Wait, they were both doctor, or doctors. Are pharmacists doctors? No, his, the wife, so the victim in my story was a pharmaceutical rep. The wife was oh, the pharmaceutical the sales rep, okay. which is why I picked the, the drink, which turned out to not be great. I will say that that coffee drink was better than that alien secretion drink that you brought to us a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That was just so gross. And when I posted on social media about that drink, a bunch of people said they were excited to try it. And I was like, don't, just don't drink <laughs> anything else. Don't drink that drink. It's gross. Yeah, it was so, pretty nasty. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> if anybody did drink it and tried it, if you liked it, please let me know. Please tell us, reach out to us on Instagram. We love hearing from anyone who wants to chat with us. Oh, I did want to read, like, to throw this in here. I wanted to read a couple of our apple reviews but i can't get my phone to work so you'll have to edit i want to start doing that more frequently so at the end of our chaser just throw in an apple review i was thinking about bringing it at the beginning yeah next episode i'm gonna i'm gonna do one at the the beginning you think yeah, just to keep retention. Okay. 
That's the biggest issue right. with online stuff is retention. Yeah. So to I'm just randomly picking this. Uh, I don't know who this person is. All there are letters. This is uh, on Apple reviews. GHSGG says five stars really enjoying this podcast and the delivery of the episodes. Great storytelling exclamation point. So thank you to whoever GHSGG is. Thank you. GSHGG. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up unless you want to read another. It but... does. Now I'm good. I'm going to save, we'll save the... some more reviews for next. Yes. Next week. Yes. All Love right. you, bud. Love you too. Bye everybody. Bye. Hey friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.